There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your hosts, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Source Connection. We're so happy to welcome Tom Barnett back with us for uh, number three, time number three. Thank you, Tom. We'll start, as we always do, with a little bit of just grounding and sharing some silence together. So if you'd like, you can close your eyes and just let yourself relax, whatever that means for you. Letting the body take a big breath. Letting the mind just relax a bit. Letting all the edges soften. And let's spend a few minutes together in the pure love that we are. And bathe yourself in gold, in gold light, whatever that brings up for you.
And this is a space that is always here for you, this connection of the pure love that we are. Whenever you're alone, wherever you are, whenever you are, we're always here together. So as you'd like, you can <clears throat> come back to the space with us and open the eyes and move around if you want to. <clears throat> so Tom, I've seen you've been on a lot of podcasts lately. <laughs> You're like very busy, very busy guy. So I wanted to ask, I know you've got a lot going on down there with the floods and talking about the weather all of that. So I just wanted to ask what is alive for you right now that you'd like to share in this moment? Well, we're pretty good at with the floods at the moment. There's a lot going on, but there's a lot. <laughs> the floods to me were an entryway into trying to take more of people's rights, freedoms, land, uh, sovereignty, autonomy. That's what it's all been about. So while the waters have subsided in our region, there's still some waters elsewhere. Um, <laughs> what's, what's coming through now is a wave of infiltration from the World Economic Forum, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, United Nations uh, teams that are masquerading as community-led organisations and they're taking over a lot. So it started with some of the community uh, centres that had been set up and they came in and infiltrated and essentially took it over and then said it all comes under our banner now. And that group's called Resilient Byron. And this word resilience or resilient will probably come up a lot for people around the world because uh, it, I think people can learn from what's happening in Australia. And if you see these kinds of terms or hear them, just be aware that that's something that should probably just trigger something in you. You know, uh, they change their terminology a lot. For example, with the climate change story it first of all it was global warming and then it wasn't that anymore and it was climate uh whatever and now it's climate change and it'll be something else as people cotton onto the narratives but this resilient or resilience is a big part of their wording from the world economic forum in the united nations so that's just something to be aware of and currently we're seeing them come in and take over all of the stuff that's been started by the community mm. and not only take it over but claim what do you call it? not ownership, but um, I don't know, just just say that all the work that's already been done has been theirs. Like they've come and recently taken over a kitchen in one of the most highly flooded areas that was community-led and run. And then they came in, took it over, and then said, we've served 22,000 meals so far. It's like, no, you haven't. You just turned up yesterday and you, you took over wow. and infiltrated something while people had a day off. And, mm -hmm. uh, and this is the level of infiltration that's currently going on. Um, we're obviously doing our bit to counter it all, but I think it's great for people elsewhere, you know, across the earth to really be aware of what's going on because they test it here, you know. They're really trying to get Australia first and then they'll try it in Canada, the US and Europe and everywhere else. Mm. Wow. <sighs> so they, sorry, I just want to, you say they, like, are they, these are people that are part of like those bigger organizations that work for those bigger organizations that just yeah. come in and pretend like they're part of the community basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why they, that's why they are successful in what they do because yeah. they don't march in with their military outfits or anything I like see. that. 
they come in and they claim to be and they take, first of all, they take credit for work done by others and then they claim to be the community-led things. But when you know a bit more about them, you know where the money comes from, you know it's the Zionists funding them and you know that it's, uh, yeah, there's a, it's a lot of infiltration. But the reason that it works well is because I did a uh, talk recently, which is up on my channels, and I said that deception isn't usually overt and obvious. It usually carries a level of truth. But then the deception is in like yeah. uh, it's just twisting something that most people wouldn't see because they appear to be yeah. community-led organisations. They appear to be uh, humanitarian organisations. But it takes discernment to realise who they really are and what their agenda is because while they are serving meals and while they are giving people aid, it appears as though they are helping. And they are to a degree, but it's what they're hiding that's dangerous, not necessarily what they're doing in the overt, obvious sense. Yep. So it's when you talk about what they're hiding, how did you guys catch on? And I think I know the answer to it, but I just like I <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just we just been keeping an eye on things for some time, and we know what these groups are. I was actually, you know, before I became known after I made that virus video, I was just, you know, a guy in the shadows, and I was just making a very simple living by doing some gardening. I would record people's podcasts. Uh, I would produce things for people just on a small scale, you know, like just kind of do it mates rates. It was only for people that I was like referred to it wasn't I never had like business out of it so to speak and as such I was very low-key and so in that role if you've got a camera or you're a videographer or you record people's podcasts or whatever you're just kind of like that guy that no you're very unassuming and you've you sit in front of and you're privy to a lot of information and I was getting a lot of information because I was recording climate change podcasts for prominent people one of them one of whom is a billionaire and uh, is a part of the Zionist network. And I didn't really, I didn't get a good feeling about them back then, but all I was doing was just racking up information, you know, like just, just figuring out who yeah. people were, who was being paid $600,000 at a luncheon for funding, who was involved in this, who owns that. Like it was all just coming in, you know. Yeah. And then as the agenda really starts to roll out, because there wasn't one back then. There was no COVID then. There was no nothing, you know. So it wasn't overt obvious to to put two and two together but that side of things that number two was just kind of like racking up and then as the other things started coming like more climate change more covid more lockdowns and then floods you start to just put everything together so it was just an, an amassing of previous information to then click in as you see it coming you see exactly what it is because you know who's involved hmm. Is that what you thought or did you have a different idea? Because I'd like to hear if you. I thought I didn't know the back story like you were telling about being involved at that level and just kind of being there, right? It's almost like you're seeing it, but you're not participating in it and just kind of gathering the information. I was just suspecting it was just that when you know who's doing what and when you are really working at the grassroots level, you know the players involved and who started. And who has done what and all of that. And all of a sudden I thought, well, then things, you know, there's this other players who started to come in and you're like, wait a minute, where are they coming from? Who's paying for this? It's always my question. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. 
Like, you know, we go somewhere and I'm, who's paying for this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, actually, because it's not just that I had inside info on the people. It's that I think like that, too. So I learned because I got burnt a lot earlier on in my life. And just because somebody says, no, a case in point is like you get a, you know, a frozen meal package from the supermarket and it says healthy choice and people go, well, that must be healthy. But you're like, hang on, let me just look at what's in it and who makes that. And you go, oh my God, that's anything but healthy, you know, and all of these distractions. And and so somebody coming up and just claiming that they are somebody of value or faith or humanitarian, I'm like, well, those are nice words, but yeah, it's looking beyond the word. It's looking beyond the counter you buy things from to see where it really comes from. And that's a skill, that discernment is something that I developed a lot growing up because I did get burned so heavily by people who claimed to be experts or who would look after your best interests but clearly didn't. And that was a brilliant lesson because while there was trauma associated with it early on, it led me to be able to uh, discern very clearly these days. And so if a group comes in and says, we're going to help and we're going to do humanitarian stuff, I go, that's great, but I'm going to ask, what does that mean? Where does the money come from? Who are you affiliated with? What kind of help and for what reason? Because I know there's no such thing as a free lunch. And I know that, <laughs> right. I know that when people, because I've been around several billionaires for whatever reason, and a few of them have looked me in the eye and they've literally said, anything you want, just let me know or anything you need, just let me know. Now, the implied meaning is I know that you know that I'm a billionaire and most people that I say that to will, will say something straight away. They'll say, yeah, I actually was hoping somebody could fund my movie or buy me, a, you know, get me set up with this, some way of asking for them. And it always comes with this, what I would call Hollywood syndrome, which is I'll make you rich and famous, mm. but... You've got to give your soul over and that. And every single one of them, I've just said, thanks, I'll keep that in mind. And they're a little shocked because they're always used to people just going, oh, give me what you're offering, you know. And I just mean there's no free lunch because no one ever gives you stuff like that without wanting something in return. It's why I won't take funding to make, a you know, a high-level podcast or a, a doco or something unless it comes from the people. I won't take it from one rich person because... They'll always expect, not always, it's rare, but people are very philanthropic in just like, I like what you do, you do it, no strings attached. Most of the time it's like, I'm going to need you to put this angle in. And yeah. I know several documentaries that were produced, were running out of money, ended up having a huge production value, but then mm-hmm. they promote 5G or driverless cars or uh, artificial intelligence. And it's like, I wonder who gave you the money <laughs> to yeah. pay for this multi-million dollar epic production that's visually appealing, but just kind of like, why is that in there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and then it helps us move, I think, away from that necessity to be visually stimulated in a certain way. I love beauty and I love um, just being able to do something and make something look beautiful right but i think we're moving into a place and i see that happening more and more where it's really about the content what is really the energy that's being created in the moment of whatever it is that's being doing that then supersedes the production value and all of that and then Mm -hmm. if you can do things together great um but i think that because of the discernment that you're speaking about 
with more and more people tapping into that and really just coming back and coming home and just going beyond the looks and beyond, you know, the stimulation and the excitement and all of that. It's just like, okay, I feel the depth. And I think that when I was thinking about you and I messaged, I emailed you and I was just like, wow, everything's crazy right now and all of that. And I know you're, you always seem to be riding the waves, right? The best you can because you have this inner knowing of who you are and what you're connected to. And when I was thinking about our talk today, a question that came up for me was, how has the community been finding itself through this, through this discernment, through the floods, through the, you know, the manipulation and all of that? And how are you guys coming together to me, what I would expect in, in, in a much deeper way, but I'd like to hear from you. What does that look like and what does it feel like? Great in both counts. It looks great. It feels great. The community, I've always said, you know, it's one of those, I don't know, it's one of those paradoxes of society where we have this innate ability to connect and to help one another, but mm -hmm. we're often so just caught up in our own world or, um, distracted and we don't really do it to the degree that we're capable but when you see something like uh you know i i, I keep wanting to use the word natural disaster but it wasn't natural so <laughs> but just just something that yeah. that you know collectively call it a disaster of some kind uh then people come together and they work together and you see what people are really capable of and it's beautiful because oftentimes it's easy to lose faith in humanity because you just see it yeah. just digging this hole that it's never going to get out of. And then you see this and you just go, wow, it's amazing. But interestingly, because I like to look a few levels deeper than just that surface layer, that's on the surface. But then right below that, you see where it's coming from. And unless the base, call it frequency, that people are operating at changes, what you're kind of seeing is just like an amplitude. Like if a waveform goes, you're, you're up and then you're down. Like that's what I, uh, and then the middle, call that the, the middle frequency. If that stays where it is and you're just looking at that top waveform, which is like, wow, look how well people can, as that comes back down, it's, it's never changing this base level. And so even when you see people working together, then you see people who need the validation of, and the credit of I'm the one that did this. Don't let people think that they did it. I did it. And it's kind of like, do you need that? Is this preschool where it's show and tell? Like, do you really need that? And yeah. it's still there, you know, like I'm not, uh, you know, bringing down the efforts, but it's just you. when you look below just that, again, like I'll celebrate the community spirit, but I'm not just going to look straight at that. I'm still looking through it to where everything's coming from. And I'm like, ah, stuff isn't changing, you know. There's still these elements of sabotage. There's still these elements of uh, separation between one another, one another, even within the highest level of community spirit working mm. together. So uh, what I'm seeing, I guess to answer that more directly, is that I'm seeing the need for the collective base level of energy or frequency or vibration to raise so that these times are dealt with more effectively because mm. For simply for the reason that people it's too easily infiltrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's all part of the adventure. It's all exciting. I'm having a great time, no matter what happens. But I'm just making a lot of observations, and I'm not saying I'm right either. I'm just sharing what I uh, experience. Yeah. 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 There's different levels of discernment, right? 
also different layers. Um, mm. Speaking of that, not that I'm, um, you're talking about validation, but I, we messaged a little bit this morning and you were up at like 5 a.m. So what were you, you said you were coming back from somewhere and doing something. So what were you doing? What was going on? Uh, I dropped some food to someone early and then I did a, I went to a meditation, uh, a ceremony and then uh, I can't remember what I did. Uh, and then I pretty much came back. Yeah. <laughs> came back here. I uh, got some food and that ready and uh, now I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the questions that we were thinking, so funny we're talking about validation because as we were talking, we were like, I wonder what Tom does when he's not wearing his superhero super- costume. <laughs> 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 Which sounds silly, but um it was, I think, our desire to just go deeper, right, with yeah. you. And then here we are talking about everything that's happening. And it's always that catch up because there's always something happening, right? And I was like, I want to know what tickles him. Like, <laughs> what, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Because I think that, and I feel deeply in my heart that what really is going to sustain us through all of this manipulation and all of this in every level, right? The weather manipulation, the psyche, the emotional manipulation, the harvesting of the energy and all of that is our deep bonds of affection and how we're able to really stay grounded because in that humanity, I think we break down that wall that you're just speaking about of the need to be validated because we know that there's something operating that's much higher. And Mm -hmm. so not so personal. Right. And I think we all get caught up in that every now and again, where it's like, well, I need to be recognized. I'm, I'm doing this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But how do we move together into this space? Because it's always the individual work that we're partaking in that nobody sees most yeah. of the time, right? Our hardships and how we deal with our own struggles and, and, and where, we get, where we get caught up and like, oh, I need that. Oh, do I really need that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this yeah, is I've a got- but. Yeah, well, I was just going to say I have three kind of ways to share a little bit about that based on what's going on at the moment. One is that I, uh, I I don't get nervous about speaking in front of people or coming onto a podcast like, oh, I wonder what they're going to talk about or what will I say or I don't, never worry about that. But I went to a film premiere recently which I got asked to come to and it was about meditation and mindfulness and the power of how we can create our outside world. And I thought that sounds great. And then my friend said, I'd love you to come because the guy who made it is a close friend of mine. And I said, I just want to make sure it's got nothing to do with climate change because I want to turn up and spoil <laughs> something like that. But she goes, hey, good question. I haven't, I haven't looked into that. I'll better check. So she checks and then comes back and says, no, it's got nothing to do with that, but it does have an AI element to it. And I'm like, hmm, all right, well, Let's just see. We'll, we'll. So what reason they wanted me there was because after the film, they were going to have a panel. So the guy who wrote the film and then a local activist and then they wanted me there just in case it went to like in that direction. They wanted somebody who would be able to pull it back into questioning that sort of stuff. So I did. And it's interesting because I was really on the spot I hadn't seen the film, didn't know anything about it, and I didn't know who was in the audience. And I know that I can be quite polarising, even if I deliver what I deliver relatively gently, I can be a bit like, you know, polarising to people. And I was actually starting to get a bit nervous. I, I Halfway through the film, I'm like, oh, no, 
this has got a big AI component. And I'm like, what? <laughs> how's this going to go? Because it's more out of respect. Like the guy clearly has a great heart and he, he's put a lot of himself into the film. And I'm like, I can't just lie, but I also don't want to like, I don't know, I was feeling a bit nervous. I'm like, well, how is this going to go? And what calmed me down was I just said to myself, I just said, this isn't about me. Because what I was really worried about is how am I going to do this? And I'm like, no, no, it's not. This isn't about me. This is about everybody here. And as soon as I switched into that, mm. I just calmed right down. I was like, because it's all about the highest good and serving others and whatever that is. If I poke holes at the film, if it's for the highest good, that's fine. It's not about me, you know. Mm. And then this element of being willing to serve others in a higher good is so calming. Like, I mean, I'm normally like that anyway, but it was interesting to me that in that moment I had switched to the it's about me. Like that's why mm -hmm. I was nervous and anxious about it. And I was like, this isn't about me. Mm -hmm. And the main part of that is what I wanted to bring up, this is like where it gets a bit deeper than it just being one meaning, <laughs> is that most of the time I don't want attention. And that's actually at the opposite end of the spectrum to wanting attention. It's kind of the same thing. It's the same polarity, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just being okay and just serving a higher good for whatever reason and being okay to be seen, because for a lot of years, I've just not wanted to be seen, which to me is actually the same egoic, egocentric, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, energy of I want attention and validation. It's the same thing. So I'm actually expressing the same thing where I'm saying people are kids wanting credit and validation and attention i'm like but that's also me by not wanting that and so the middle part is just to serve regardless and just to be of service and to be of value and knowing that it, this also works two ways knowing that even if i don't want people's attention there's still attention on me regardless because it's the creator's attention it's every drop of water that's in the atmosphere it's every blade of grass every grain of sand is watching regardless whether i want it to or not likewise if i don't if i want the attention or validation which is what i'm seeing a lot of it's knowing that you don't need other people to know what you did because you know what you did which means mm -hmm. your higher self knows what you did and every molecule of water across the realm knows what you did it's, it's all logged you know yeah. So both ways, it, it should help to calm people down. A, not needing attention and validation and credit and B, not wanting to be like, oh, no, no, it's not me. Like, I don't need attention. I don't need credit. That's almost like, I know you guys get what I mean. Yeah. But knowing that your higher self and the creator and every part of every element knows anyway, yeah. it just centers you. That just brings you right into the middle point. And then that to me is a great place to be, a point of balance. Mm. Yeah, that um, that reminds me of, well, just like those two spectrums being the same. It's like they're both insecurity, just in a different way, right? They're both saying somehow I am outside of the creator and I'm super special. Either I don't want to be seen or I really want to be seen when really you're we're just all the same part of it right we're all the same part of it and and coming as you are like you said you were a little nervous and you just said okay wait I'm not here for me I'm here for everybody else that's here and showing up as we're expressing in that moment is so powerful and allows other people invites other people to show up exactly as they are like like tonight 
I don't know if you guys can tell, I don't normally do things in the evening. So I feel a little bit like, like my brain is like, what? Like I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling a little bit. I did. I kind of had a heart, like went hard at the gym. And so I'm just kind of like a little out of it. And I'm like, shit, what, what are we talking about again? But it's okay because I'm just, it's okay just to come as you are, like as brain dead as I am right now. I'm still here. I still have my presence <laughs> together. Liz has got my back. You know what I mean? So, but ju- does she? No, but it's just, just that beautiful thing of like, oh, I don't feel so good today or, oh, I'm a little nervous or whatever. And just showing up and like letting whatever come through you, come through you and not worry about the appearance or the validation of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't tell by the way. Just, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, self-critical, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm not as like focused as I normally am. But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You're not, here. You're, you're not super sharp on your mind, but your yeah. heart, that's what matters. My heart is here. I guess that's all we can ask yeah. for. Right. <laughs> I, I, I reflect upon what we've been going through collectively and about you know, the prophesized coming of the age of Aquarius and, and, and coming to the age of Aquarius and from the Pisean age and just, you know, how we're really changing the way we've been relating and realizing our own mastery and elevating each other to that level, right? Really calling forth when you recognize something in yourself. And I, I know you do that so well, Tom, because every time you speak, every time you show up as you are, there is a level of you that then almost like tugs at another and says, hey, I know you're in there too. Like, hey, and meet me here. And it's the, I feel like it's the age of many masters where we're all masters of our own destiny and recognizing that in all of the, the psyops and all of that just keeps reminding me like, wow, here we are given every opportunity to remember like how powerful we are, right? How much we can create, how much we can destroy, whatever it is that we decide to do and how much we reconnect with that. And you speak so beautifully about that mastery of just like choosing and that discernment and just all of that, right? And when you recognize that in yourself and then you move from that space of like, I don't really want to be seen. And then you're, you come to that moment where you're like, I can't help but want to make this video. This is crazy. I mean, are we really going through this? And you make that video and then all of a sudden it's like lights on and the stage is yours. And how do you rec? when you look back at that and then you see yourself now, how have you integrated that? Yeah, wow. Well, it took a long time for me to actually let that sink in. It just wasn't real to me. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, what? Like all these people in every country know my name now. It just, it didn't really sink in at all. It was just kind of like this interesting thing. And it took over a year for that to actually land in me of of what that video achieved and, and what it meant and how it changed the course of my life whether I wanted it to or not, because I didn't want it to. Like I was very happy being in the shadows as a videographer and photographer. I loved that. You know, I just got to watch everyone else do their thing and have their say and I'll just film it. I just do some editing for them and then I'll just be doing my thing and and I loved it. I like being in the shadows, go wherever I want, whenever I want. I mean, I still do that, but it's just I get more recognized now. 
but it's uh it's one of those things where i think you're often chosen when it's time and whether you think it's time or not to occupy another role in in life whatever that role is and then i think it's important to honor it because for a long time i didn't that's what i mean it took a long time for it to sink in and i didn't honor it and it's like i would kind of just laugh at it or just say oh, yeah no no it's just you know i'm still me and which i still am but you know i just people were saying, dude, you've got a platform now or you've got like people want to hear from you. And I'm just like, nah, nah, it's just, no, nah, everyone's fine. They can figure it out for themselves. And part <laughs> of that is that, part of that is that energy that I was saying about earlier, instead of wanting attention, it's the opposite. It's still the insecurity. It's like, I'm not actually good enough for that, but that's not what I am. And I still experience it too. I mean, everybody does. As soon as anybody's got any kind of profile, then people watch a video that they do, they think that they know them and they go, oh, well, they're so much higher up the, the um, ladder than me. I wish I could be more like them. And, and I make a very deliberate point of it. If people ever do put me on a pedestal, I just go, that's not me. Like those videos are not me. I still do the same dumb stuff as you every day. I still, you know, make silly decisions. I still don't fulfill my potential on a daily basis. You know, it's not, I'm not any different. But I guess that there's a willingness to embrace what's been chosen for me because, I mean, you could say I chose it, otherwise I wouldn't have made the video. But to me, to my conscious mind, I didn't choose it because I thought three people would see it, the video. I didn't <laughs> think it was, I didn't think it was going to uh, do what it did, you know. Yeah. And um, and since then, likewise, I don't know if people like. Uh, know the backstory but after those first two videos that I did that went around I didn't do anything for months it was about three or four months later I did a like, first uh yeah I just did a live I did a live stream I did a Q&A because I was just like people keep asking I feel some kind of um obligation to answer you know because people are looking if I have something why should I withhold it that's also egotistical to withhold because it's like you know, they could get it from a book or they could listen to somebody else talk. And I'm like, for, so for ages, I was just pushing it away. And then I was like, well, am, am I pushing away my reason for being here? Am I pushing away some calling to something else? So that's when I started to embrace it and then wanted to give what I could without any attachment to it, meaning anything to people or achieving anything, just like give for the sake of giving. And if it lands, it lands. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's okay. It doesn't change me and what I do or what I am so yeah that's the the me back then and me now is more what everything's taught me is just to embrace what's here and to get myself out of my own way because it's not necessarily about me it's about this collective journey and that's back then it was definitely more about me <laughs> like yeah. a lot more when when you said that you were just you're like, I made those two videos and I didn't do anything. I'm thinking those videos are just like popping up everywhere, right? And you just, it was almost like the space between that and then the opening of the curtains. And then it's like, yeah. oh, almost like the integration of itself. Like you needed that space to just let it do what. And I remember you mentioning at some point, like <clears throat> you made it something about a, a few friends or something and you thought, okay, maybe clarify some stuff for some people or whatever but having no idea that that was just gonna be like yeah. oh that made tom a global. Yeah. Global. <laughs> yeah. but the uh, funny thing about it too is i would have done it differently i mean if i watch it back now there's some things that i just go oh like if i don't know <laughs> everyone would have seen it 
I wouldn't have said the stuff about like my education or whatever because it's just I was doing that because it was funny because it was going to friends that know me in a certain way yeah. and that's what it was for. It wasn't for strangers to see that. I'm like, oh, that just looks bad or I would have been a bit more less flippant about stuff as well. But then the weird thing is, is because I wasn't trying to make that palatable yeah. for people, it just struck some some part of it was yeah. the right formula. And it's it's really amazing because if I had have known, if somebody said, Tom, millions of people will see that, I would have done it totally differently and it right. might have been seen by no one because it would right. have been controlled, contrived, forced, right. like not as raw, you know. Uh, I'd better be my best self today. <laughs> <laughs> That, and that's why it landed for people because they were like, yeah. oh, dude, this guy's just no holds barred, you know, he's going <laughs> yeah. for it, yeah. which is awesome. Um, I want to ask, you said you're, you didn't honor that for a while, right? And now you feel like you are honoring it. And what I heard from you was in honoring it, you are, I want to hear if there's anything else, but um, you're giving of your time and knowledge and energy to others without attachment and I also heard on that last talk that you did you talked about um oh god you guys see this is what I'm talking about I like just <laughs> on the tip of my mind because I watched the one that you did just the most recent one that you did oh yeah you were just basically talking about not censoring yourself not like not mm-hmm. censoring yourself at all like you're just exactly saying exactly what you want who you are and mm-hmm. it's the audience's job to not believe you yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. the agreement I like to make if I do a workshop with people is that it's my job to not censor myself and to speak uh, from my core, my source, and it's the audience's job to not believe anything that I say, to use their own discernment, to figure out what applies to them, what doesn't, because I don't have all the answers or even any answers, but I do have some experience that by sharing it, you may trigger some truth for you rather than me being able to speak any kind of truth, as it were. And uh, part of that, though, is that there's so many subtleties to everything, you know, because you could say, well, I'm going to speak my truth and then justify that to mean you can attack people or bring people down. But that's not what it means to me, because otherwise you just start calling people names and you're an idiot. That's my (laughs) truth. And I get I'm angry. That's I get to be angry. And it's like that's not like the. You know, there's so many subtleties to that sort of stuff. So when I say to speak from rather than my truth, so to speak, it's just the sort like what's in me, what's what part of source is coming through me and that you can recognize some part of source in you and then it might have nothing to do with what I say. But if, it, if you've recognized that source connection in you, well, then that's you're tapping into what, you know, you're getting closer to some kind of truth and it's got nothing to do with me, you know, like I'm not necessarily right so to speak in anything that I said but it just allowed the individual to connect to something that has been I think my own path of self-discovery of what is the impact and not as you said being attached to the impact after all because who am I to wake anybody up or you know change the course of someone's dharma karma however you want to call it destiny whatever that is right like just resting in the deep knowing that as much as i like to think i know a lot of stuff i really don't know much in the big scheme of the universe and and being okay with that and just as you said showing up just authentically you at every moment and 
if you're being used at that level and something is coming through and it sparks something in somebody, that's it. But it's not that, well, I need to do this because I don't want people to suffer or I don't want people to this. But who am I to know what they need? I don't really know what people need, right? It's my own defensive mechanism, mechanisms of my own suffering through their suffering. I realize it's a lot of times me avoiding my own suffering by thinking that I could avoid their suffering. So then I don't suffer. So then we don't, we don't suffer at all. <laughs> it's so relieving to just be in the space of like witness suffering or witness whatever someone else is going through and have that compassion, but don't feel the guilt or the shame that, oh, maybe I could have said something or done something. Could, could I really have said something? Maybe I did say something and it still didn't land. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I totally agree. It's sometimes it's that avoiding because it's, it's avoiding something in yourself. And, and uh, like, I'm like that still, like, I don't particularly like confrontation, but it's just, I'm more willing to have it these days if it's necessary, but I still try to avoid it. Like I won't, I think there's an element that I've been learning a lot over the last couple of years as well, which is, I guess, tying back into your last question, which is, uh, (laughs) The art of gentleness, because there is an element that I have very, I'm very good, I think, at just speaking what I believe to be true. Mm -hmm. But there's ways to do that that are more effective than others. And one of the things that I've been too too keen to do, which comes too easily to me, is just to like spray it out (laughs) and to not really have a feeling of empathy or if it doesn't carry gentleness, it's I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Oh, here's what it is. It's almost got a quality of just like I don't care and a quality of like just trying to like drop it like it's a a comedic element or uh, something like that. And to me, that's always a way to avoid coming to the heart of something is to like laugh at a bit of it or like drop it a bit sarcastically over here or whatever it is. And I'm finding that as I learn to speak what's true to me more gently, it lands with more people and not just with more people because this is what you were just saying, Liz. For me, it's becoming more authentic to me because I feel that when I say it with an element of trying to laugh at something, bit of um, humor is good, but, you know, a bit of sarcasm over here or as if I just don't care, well, then I'm actually avoiding feeling something uh, in me. It's an avoidance thing and, and therefore it's also not honouring what that is. It's like I need to be able to soften enough to be gentle enough not just in the way I deliver it but with myself and that's what you know burnt me out through my 20s is just that masculine 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 just over like to the max (laughs) no no softness in there and it just it can destroy you and it destroyed me for a long time you know so then every day you know obviously we're all still learning I'm 41 now and I'm like you know hopefully got many many more decades to go and a lot more learning and one of those elements is that there are people in our community that do want me to provide a role. Like they would love if I was mayor of this town or they want me to do, because again, they see me as something that maybe I am, maybe I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to figure out if I am or not. Are they trying to make me that? Am I actually that? But in my uh, self-deprecating nature, I'm pretending that I'm not that. I don't know. So I'm just trying to let things be. But I know for a fact, that it's not natural for somebody of my age, stature and experience to be there. That's the job of an elder. 
And unfortunately, in society, we don't have elders. So I think it's like part of that is my not an avoidance of me taking a role like that. It's just like a real questioning of I don't really think that it's my time for that. I think my time at the moment is doing pretty much what I'm doing, but that there are so many people that are better off in that position and I'm not gentle enough yet. I think even in the last few months, I've softened a lot in my own experience into myself and maybe in the way I deliver stuff. I don't know yet, but that's just, we'll see how that pans out. But I know I've got a long way to go and I will feel comfortable in that kind of role in years to come, but not now. It would be premature for me to like take a role like that that people want me to take when I don't feel I'm gentle enough with others and therefore with myself. So that's my current journey, so to speak. I'm on that discovery. Mm-hmm. I love Soft. that. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Lot because that has been my yeah most recent exploration too. How do I just soften and also softening in the heart space that you spoke of, where it's not so much about makes me want to I get emotional, but it's not so much about trying to convince. But why? Where can we meet in our humanness, right? Beyond all the things that are going on and just everything and can we still find that space where we can just connect just so freely and so curiously that all the other stuff just kind of fades you know and whatever needs to come through will come through and there's no expectation like you were saying about anything beyond that being really present with every moment and just how are we softening to that yeah and just gentleness, kindness, you know, because there's an element of the way and the reason that I see it clearly is because I, I can really clearly see it in others. And so I can recognise elements of it in myself where there's a defensiveness. If somebody's saying something that's not right and therefore it's sort of making you wrong, as in they're trying to say that masks are effective and you should wear one, otherwise you're not protecting my granny and that kind of thing, I see that people get emotionally invested in the counter to that. Yes. It's like, no, it's not. You're wrong and I'm right and please listen. Or or they get uh, very defensive when people start attacking them, like, oh, you, you anti-Semite, neo-Nazi, something, oh. you know, just because you made a comment about vaccines or masks or the Zionist agenda or something, you know. Yeah. And then when people become defensive about that, they're not being, I think, from what I'm feeling at the moment, is that they're lacking kindness towards the other. So even if the other is totally wrong, it doesn't mean you can't also be kind to them. I mean, of course, this is just generalising. You know, if somebody's a pedo and they're actively harming kids, I wouldn't be too kind to them, you know. Right. But but having said that, there would be an element of me that if I wanted to move beyond this roundabout that we're, you know, this merry-go-round that we're on in this realm, I believe there does actually need to be an element of kindness there because there is an old expression that hurt people hurt people. And what part of them is performing those acts? Is it a four-year-old that was beaten? Am I really going to be unkind to a four-year-old? And and to be able to have the presence of mind and the calmness in me to see or recognise or even be willing to see a Mm -hmm. four-year-old in that adult who's harming a kid. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if I just go straight into my 
uh, warrior self and I see that and I just drop an elbow and smash them on the ground and pull them off and then save the kid, have I the damage that I've done to them, did I damage them or did I just damage a four-year-old? I saved a four-year-old, but I damaged a four-year-old in the process. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just like this is a concept, a construct of the mind of is there kindness needed for the people that do wrong in this world still? You know, it's like these are questions that I'm asking myself. So Mm -hmm. when somebody comes in and infiltrates our town with their New World Order agenda, there's people who don't know about it that think the organisation they're working for is good and that's why they don't understand why you question it. They get angry and defensive. They're like, what do you mean? Why are you trying to stop us serving meals? You know, they Mm -hmm. might not know, but the figureheads certainly know. But even within those people who know and are actively playing out an agenda, part of me just goes, will we ever win, so to speak, Mm. if there's no kindness directed to them? You know, we can stand our ground and and create our own without being harmful or destructive to them at the same time. And I think while we're in battle mode, there's always going to be an attrition. And once it's like when people have tumours and things grow in their body, Oftentimes it's from this emotional or spiritual component in those higher bodies that is very out of balance and it's just showing up in the physical body. And so they can get those cut out and then months later they got another one and then another one and then there's another one growing out of here instead of over here. And they're like, why? And I just think it's one of those things that if we continually like shoot stuff down and attack it and chop it out, like society, like take out that leader of this World Economic Forum well, isn't it just going to pop up somewhere else and then somewhere else and then somewhere else? Because we're in this, we're embroiled in this battle nature. And I, I think it's this test, like so many things are inversions, right? So maybe yeah. it's not battling them. Maybe it's actually being so kind that it dissolves that, but without being supplicating, without giving them power authority, still holding our right. own power, but then dissolving what they are so that they can move up with us. If we all rise together, then it doesn't exist anymore. I think there's so many paradoxes and inversions that you can't mentally figure it out. Like you can't logically, I think it's more of a feeling thing and to just come like watching the feelings, you know, am I getting angry about that? Am I defensive? Do I wish harm on them? Do I wish they'd get run over by a bus so they can't infiltrate this tent over here? What's going on in me? Can I actually just stand my ground? Yeah. And it be irrelevant who they are and what they're doing. And in the process, by structuring my own water body so harmoniously, will that then structure theirs without me having to do anything, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Then we'll do all of it. Yes. So it's a subtle, there's a fine line, standing standing your ground, holding your truth with, with the compassion at the same time. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I was thinking when you were talking about we, when we were talking about um, meeting people, just meeting people where the, the thing that came to my mind was meeting people where they are. And then I thought, wait, that still implies somehow that I know more or whatever, if I'm meeting people where they are, but what if we just meet people where we are together? And Mm -hmm. because there's a space, there is the space where we just, we all are. And there's, you don't have to add anything to that. And if we can meet there and not think that I know more, I, sure, we might have a more zoomed out perspective in the moment, you know, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> but yeah. 
That's beautiful. Thanks, Tom, for that. Well, I just think some sometimes you we are further ahead than others, but not as a whole. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I say to sometimes to people in the audience, sometimes if I'm doing a seminar or a workshop, and uh, and I say, you know, I'm up here speaking about this because this is part of my life that I've gained good experience through, and that I've found a way to articulate and communicate, but. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean I'm smarter than or further along right. the road than others because all of you in this room probably have something that you could get up and talk about that's something yep. I know nothing about and I'm way behind you on that, you know. And then what makes somebody worthy, so to speak, of getting up and speaking about that to everybody is if they've gone through that experience to such a degree that they've embodied it and now they can find a way to articulate and communicate that so others can connect to it straight away. Because sometimes we do know stuff that we have not found a way to articulate and communicate that to others and it's boring or it's you just something about it. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying. It's not clear or you're fumbling over it. You're not resonating it first before you speak your words. And so that's the thing. Like we're all at different levels on that. And I think when you say that it implies that you're further ahead than somebody else, I, I really think that in some areas of life, you are and that's that is but it is a matter of all we meet in the some common ground you know yeah um but there's certainly other areas I always know like that's why I learned from kids still you know everyone can teach me because there's some area in their life they're more experienced than me and I value that Yeah. yeah I think it's what's coming up for me is how we've been kind of conditioned to see everything as a battle, right? It's almost like a battlefield at every moment to protect ourselves, to protect what we've created, to protect our emotions, to protect what we think we are and just everything. And I think that what we're speaking of here is the alchemy of all of that and being able to recognize that space and then recognize our own battlefields and then move into this alchemy where you said you then deeply know that that path. And you're like, oh, I get it. Like I, I was right here and then I'm right here. And also because we we tend to think linearly, right? Like it's almost like here or mm-hmm. here, down or whatever thing. And it's just, I feel like it's this constant constellation that we all are shining in this little different spot. So you're like, yeah, I know a little bit about this spot and you know a little bit about that spot over there because I'm not there, right? I'm not embodying that and meeting in this space where we then can come and share and just be ourselves and then learn from each other without the competition because for yeah. so long we were just running on that treadmill of like, I need to figure this out and I need to do it and I can share with anybody because if I share, then they take my space, right? And it's like, no, can we all just shine just so brightly and like make the whole sky bright just by really taking what's ours and just really embodying that and then coming in. And as you said, anybody could take that stage and, and yep. probably speak something that will touch somebody else at a deep level that they were like, wow, I wasn't aware of that. You know, and connecting through our stories. Sometimes we're so much in our heads right? The facts that this and those people, and you still see even in our community, say the people that strive for truth and and awareness and all of that, there is a certain hierarchy of, you know, roles and things. And also like, we still need to do this because there is a model that some people still follow of making money a certain way or doing something without, can we rethink this whole thing together? It isn't working for everybody. It hasn't. I mean, we can just look right and see. 
So how do we reimagine just even relating, you know, and being authentic and being honest about where we're at with what you said, just softening and gentleness, but still like not leaving things unsaid or not feeling like you don't have a space to be you. Mm. Yeah, it's not being passive and apathetic and just like, there's a lot of spiritual bypassing that happens when people get new agey and into, uh, yeah. you know, I just have to meditate and I don't have to say anything to anyone ever. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it, it's sometimes it's just, sometimes that could be true if somebody's at that level of when they're doing that, they're grounding such a powerful energy that it's more, it's, it's of more use than saying any words or physically helping anybody. But you don't just go straight to that. that those are rare yeah. people, you know. Uh, everybody else still has some role to do in the 3D matrix until you can you you're oscillating or resonating beyond that and that's when you have more to do just by you know just meditating or whatever you know so i think there's this bypassing aspect that's important to uh, not to fall into that trap so to speak it might not even be a conscious thing and to um yeah to when if it's the right thing to speak then speak and if it's the right thing to say no that's not right then say it you know otherwise it is letting the offer of evil or of wrongdoing or deception just to have its way and just yeah. watching it, you know, like, whoop, yep, no, I don't want to touch that. And it's, uh, I just want to get back to having a nap and watching a movie and that'll all go away if I don't see it. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing doesn't help. Um, yeah, for sure. And, right. Just going and napping and watching and here we are like, all right, it, it doesn't go away. Like, what are we going to do here? And the loving and light, like you're saying, the spiritual, you know, lo- just love and light, love and light. It's like, well, <laughs> love and light is great, but love and light comes in th- that love, that expression of love comes in many different forms. It's not just an ooey gooey, oh, mm. just love it. if we just love it, it'll go away too. You know, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, Naomi Wolf, um, she was a, um, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think she was a consulting person for like the Democratic Party at some point, And she's kind of gone full round and she's just like super outspoken about everything. And she she had like three minutes to talk, maybe. And at the end of it, she was like, you don't know. And you could just feel that love that we're speaking about just coming like a volcano out of this woman. You don't know the power of thousands of millions of pissed off mothers. We're not going to take this anymore, whatever. And it's that force that will come, as you said. Sometimes it's it's soft and and mushy, and sometimes it's just like you know. But giving that a voice in whatever it is that it needs to be voiced, and we are all going to have our different little roles and moments and things that we do those things, and knowing that, at least for me, that it's all perfect exactly how it's happening because we are feeling again, this constellation of this different spaces, you know, and then explodes over here and you can't help, but that explosion here have an effect everywhere, you know? Totally. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. I just, I like it. It's good. Well, Tom, we are coming to the end of our time together. So remind the the good people uh, where they can find you. You can find me at tombarnett.tv on Instagram and Telegram and just my name on Facebook and YouTube and my website is tombarnett.tv. And sometimes awesome. say that Tom disappears from YouTube and then it, it comes back up. And then you're like, because I've looked before and it wasn't just gone. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's like, and so, yeah, 
you don't can't find it in one place, you'll find it in the other. <laughs> yeah, that's why I usually say Telegram. I mean, I am actually somewhat shadow banned on Telegram, which I didn't think was a thing, but I oh. know I am because I've it's- I've tested it. But um, but oh. still, you know, I think it's the safest out of those public platforms. And then, but always, I've got my website TomBarnett.tv and. Uh, everything just goes up on there. Even if I've got no public platform to upload yep. to, I'll just still put things up there. And yep. uh, it's where I would announce if I've got a new YouTube channel or a new Instagram <laughs> or something, then I would I would put it out on a mailing list. So I do have a mailing list, which you can get on through the website. I think in the last year, I've sent out about five emails. I certainly don't send out every week. It's just when there's an announcement. And, yeah. 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 And anything you'd like to leave us with today? What you're up to? Uh, well, no, I just, I mean, I really, I always enjoy chatting with you too. And I think that there's, um, there's an element of when you speak to different people, something else comes out of you, you know, there's a something else to meet uh, others. So I appreciate uh, what you brought and, you know, connecting with you too. And if there's anything just to offer to the listeners, it's just this element of, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if joy is the right word, but this element of just really relishing why we're here and what we're doing, because while some people are having a really difficult time, uh, I would call those growing pains because a lot of people are having a really, really good time and yeah. have not felt more connected to their purpose here and what life's about and, and a feeling of like, you know, that feeling when you know you're going to get something right or do it well or you're going to win a race, like you just, you can feel it. You're looking around just going, oh, God, I'm winning. This is good. <laughs> And you just know, like, there's there's that element of excitement in a lot of people. And for those that... Uh, get what I'm saying with that, then that's a good thing. Like that's a good feeling. It means that we are coming together to finally start to realize what we're doing here. And for those that don't get it and they're a little lost still and they're feeling anxious or a bit fearful about, you know, every time they see a new thing coming out of China, like am I going to be put in a quarantine camp against my will and all that sort of stuff, just realize it's all an offer. You don't have to do anything ever. And the more you fear that, the more you'll probably draw it to you. So if at the end of the day, all you've got for yourself is to make a decision, just go, well, I don't want to draw that to myself. So I'm going to choose to focus here instead. And if you can get out of your own way and realize it's not about you, it's about maybe a higher purpose, you might stop feeling as anxious or depressed or angry and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe get a little bit more out of life while you're here because it'll be over in the blink of an eye. So may as well make it count. (laughs) No one has made out of it alive yet. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> Are apparently yogis who have lived hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of years. Thousands of years. I've heard that. Yeah. But um, yeah. Enjoy yeah. the thank you for being thank here. Thank you, Tom. Thank I really you. Really appreciate you. So much. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>